Chesa tej deka shai kondaniri. Ia demeten tijwala jukisa shutsumai. Che ia mokasa jalsa shutsuniko. Welcome to Con Langry, the podcast about constructed languages and the people who create them. I'm George Corley. Uh, with me in Maine is Mike Lentine. Hello. And over in California, we have David J. Peterson. Mm-hmm. Now listen, I've been thinking a lot about that episode of Saved by the Bell, where uh, Zach and the gang are trying to revive Bayside's radio station. And, you know, A.C. Slater gets a chance to do the sports, and he does a really poor job of it. Okay. Um, But the thing is, what they have him do in place of that is they literally give him three scores to read without any names. So he just says something like, you know, uh, four, two, three, six, like seven, ten. It's like you don't even know who the teams are or what the sports are. So really, neither one is satisfactory. And um, I thought that was a failure on the part of the writers. Okay. That's been sitting with me for many years. Uh, I've only seen that episode once. That's 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 a very random thing to open a conlanging podcast with. But uh... Saved by the Bell, you said? <laughs> Saved by the Bell. Yeah, that, that was on that band, I think, was 1993 or something. Yeah, I was uh, I was alive and watching television at that time. Oh, uh, no, there was a new class in t- up to 2000. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, the less said about that, the better. Now, the college years, we can talk about that. Uh, uh, but anyway, back to this important matter. Viven los conlangs. Though, actually, in Spanish, the, the term is idiolengua. Los conlangueros para siempre. I've actually heard, I've actually seen people use conlang. Um, oh, well, there's no reason why they wouldn't. I mean, it's you know, just, just like it's, just, it, it's a brand name like Budweiser. Do we get paid for that or sued for that? I um, <laughs> I don't even know. Um, <laughs> we'll find out when this airs. I've actually seen, um, to the extent that I've seen uh, Spanish language stuff on conlangs, I've seen people use conlang more than either lengua, but uh, that's a whole other issue. I've, and I've, seen, no, I've seen, I've seen idio lengua the most probably because I'm on the Spanish conlang list, which is called Idiolengua. Idiolengua, uh-huh. yeah. Well, I'm on that too, but it's kind of not doing anything for me. No, no, and most of the time when issues comes up, they're usually talking about Occitan um, or another Oxlang. Uh, it's a different crowd. Yeah, it's not really... When it, when it comes up, it's always stuff that I'm not really interested in anyway. So, yeah. But anyway... That's not what we are here to talk about today. Oh, sure. Uh, we have a featured con line for today, and it is one that has been sort of languishing on our list for a while. We might as well, we uh, thought we'd uh, uh, finally uh, bring it out. It's Hangat uh, Yagon. Hangat Yagon. Close. Hangat Yagon. Hangat Yagon. Hangat Yagon. Okay. Is that is that right? Uh I guess there's no long ah uh, just 
ah there. That's, there is um, there there is a long ah. Uh, I mean, there isn't in that in in that name, but there is. Yeah, it has language. a macron over it. <laughs> did you, did you, I'm sorry. It has a what over it? Macron. Macron. Diacrypt mark. Thank you, sir. Uh, but but don't worry. Just to balance this out, uh, George, go ahead and pronounce for us the word for the little icon that appears in your next to your URL browser or in the tab if you're in Chrome. What is it? Oh, uh, we were talking about this earlier. The favicon. <laughs> okay, is now it like fave icon. Yes, fave icon. It's an icon. It's kind of like calling a biopic a biopic. You know what I mean? Okay, whatever. Have you heard that? <laughs> no, I haven't. Yeah, no, but anyway, people do it. People do it. Uh, that's that's not something I would necessarily do. But anyway, back to Hangasiagen or however however the hell you're supposed to pronounce that. Before um, that, though, I have the best one, and this will end it. I promise. Uh, okay. A, a very uh, uh, he was a great linguist. Um, he's he's still alive. He's down at UCSC. His name is Sanford Shane. And one day while I was there as a graduate student, you know, we were just talking in the hall. And he says, well, now I got to get going. I'm going to my pilot's class. And I said, I said to him, are you learning to fly a plane? And because that's what I thought. And he's like, no, no, it's an exercise class. And I'm like, oh, he meant Pilates. Okay. Uh, so so um, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Did you say Macron or Macron? Macron. Okay. Because uh, I'm looking at this. Um, hang on a second. Let me hear it again. Yeah, the uh, Merriam-Webster disagrees. It says Macron. Well, you know... Merriam-Webster says that? Yes, it does. It's probably either one. Let's just leave it at that. Yes. Anyway. It's probably not. We're going to... Hold on a second. Wikipedia. Macronutrients. This is interesting stuff. It has lots to do with Conlang. So, anyway, can we talk (laughs) about this Conlang that we brought up? You bet. It was created by Pete Bleakley. Um, I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and, uh, so it is created for his fantasy novel. Um, it's the original language of the world. So this is, um, a quote from his, uh, his treatment on it. So it says, Hengesagen is a language that I've created as part of a fantasy novel, it is the original language of the world, Huna, on which it is spoken and thus can the only one that can be used for magical spells. Okay, that's so obviously that sort of gives us this is a this is this conlang is a magical language, which is um I guess sort of a a, a subset of the um the uh, art langs for fictional uses, you could you could say. Um, Personally, that's something I wish that we would see more of. That I mean, I think that it's really cool the idea that you could you could have a language and that a specific language is used only for magical spells. Uh, something like the gobbledygook nonsense you see in the Harry Potter novels, um, and in particular, one of the things that I think would be interesting would be to see a signed conlang where um, the entire purpose, its entire purpose, is for magic spells. Hmm. Oh, uh, a sign language, huh? Yeah, I think that would be awesome, because then you could actually, you know, the, the movements that you do would actually be creating or invoking the spells. That would be awesome. That would be interesting. Now, Ayurio is a magic language. It's a spoken language, but it's not like 
creating anything or it's not like the base language of a world. It's more like this is the language that these particular spirits happen to speak. So, um, the, uh, and they don't like it. Like that's kind of sad. Well, which the one I've worked on, is mainly like, um, like a naming language, but like the primordial name by which you can, you know, tap into one, the thing's essence. And that's oh, that's out. that's interesting. I don't know when when you get into true naming. I don't know if if you really want to actually construct the language. Then, well, um, you know, it's more for a background for like a not really. It's like a story that hasn't been written yet. Been written yet because I like writing the combine. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's how it is with a lot of us. Anyway, anyway but back to get to, to get back again. to Hang of the Agon. Um, yeah. If you look at the second definition there, Michael, I think you will see that those of us who are linguists um, have only one definition for that, or only one pronunciation for that word, and it is Macron. Mm. So, How long did it take you to find that one one uh, example, example where it, you're correct? It took me like 20 seconds, and I had to oh, wait and wait and wait that in long? order to be able to to post that in the thing, because George was all this yapping and yapping about uh, some some language by uh, by Peter Blakely. Is it Eliana? No, no, no. Hang on, Tiago. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we can we get can we get on with this? So only for you. That's Go um, ahead. that's uh, and I think the name natively something means something like uh, magical yeah. speak, speech. What you look this up, Michael? It's what it does. Hangath, hangath, hangathl. Under um, well, no, later no, no. on when he discusses uh, der- derivational morphology, he mentions that the uh, you know, the root for magic was uh. Hang after with a, you know, but I don't see where it says the the last part Yagon on there, and it doesn't even say it doesn't say hang after on the uh, dictionary, but uh, I didn't really have a chance to look all the way through. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have him to ask about that. But anyway, getting getting sort of more into the meat of the language, there's um, the uh, the 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 phonology is sort of very Englishy. Actually, when you look at it and it, it, um, from things that he, and I don't know, um, this, that may be sort of deliberate on his part, actually, but, um, yeah, it was uh, influenced by mainly, uh, kind of, uh, Germanic phonology and, um, the writing script is, uh, directly influenced by, uh, by the runic script. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and then you can take a look at that. It's called um, Buchstav. Uh, and there is a font for it. I know this because, A, I have it, and, B, I created it. Um, <laughs> but uh, wow. I, I, I don't think you can download it from the site. Um, and, and, uh, but I, I swear it actually, it's, uh, the, the font works and looks uh, better than the version that's on the website. I, I promise you this. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I just, it's just a gaping hole in my memory. I, I did this like, Many years mm. ago, but I but, I have the yeah. font. It's it's on there. I could actually pull up a word document and write in bookstop. But there's uh, uh, looking an example at this. Stone looking at there. this, it is definitely very Fuchsark esque. So yeah, yeah, um, that was that was the intended uh, you know yeah. look of it. <clears throat> but yeah, this is pretty cool. So did uh, I? I didn't hear. Wait, hold on a sec. Did did so? Did he actually create this? This create um, what? well, this um. Well, I'm not even sure what this is. I'm looking at is it a stone? Is it a piece of stone? Tablet, or... I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's this tablet here. That is I don't know. Cool. It could be wood. 
could be. It's a. It's a. Yeah, it's it says cross of... the grain. So I'm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So designed for carving on wood. Thus, all runes are made up of straight vertical and diagonal strokes. Yeah. That cross so this the grain. must be like just a, a a piece of wood that he carved it on, which is which is also how um, uh, Futhark runes were developed. So that would be. <laughs> and the Orgum, right? The uh, Irish. Yeah, Orgum, I think is. Uh, was carved on wood too. It, yeah. That that's um, carving on uh, wood as your medium will give you those very angular shapes. Yeah, because you know that's the easiest way. You know, you're taking a knife and cutting through wood. It's not very easy to curb things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another another interesting medium is um, if you have one of those um, one of those sticks that's kind of bendable and malleable. And you use it where, like, you you secure one end and pull it back and then let it slap against somebody's skin. You can only produce so many shapes that way. Is that actually a thing? It is now. <laughs> that and sounds I want, kind I of... Want, I want somebody to use it. I think it would be wonderful. You want uh, somebody to do that for its... <laughs> for my amusement, yes. That sounds, now, that sounds a little painful. It does for the person that's being there's a theory upon. there's a theory that um there's a theory that um Chinese writing started with tattoos, but uh really, I thought it was that they wrote it on turtle shells um that's the or the earliest evidence as far as I know is the um you're talking about the oracle bone script which is was written on bones or turtle shells and used for divination but okay there's there's someone who thinks that th- there's somebody out there that thinks that it's tattoos that that tattoos maybe predated that but i don't know <laughs> i don't know enough about that but um anyway back to kangathagan yeah um i first i just want to say that um, there, I mean, there are some, but there are not many con layers who produce, you know, kind of like what there's even a group dedicated now to artifacts, con yes. artifacts. And I think this is one of the ones, uh, one of the, one of the cooler ones I've seen. Um, and if, if Pete ever, can ever make it to an LCC, I think you should bring this with him. This would be neat. Yeah. Um, and it's, it doesn't look like it's that hard to make it if, as long as you, you know, can find, you know, just a chunk of wood and carve into it. That mm. might be an interesting, uh, the, um, I've never been interested in so much in creating like artifacts. There's a few things that from uh, stories that I might want to make sort of props of, but I've never really gotten down into that. But, uh, I don't know. It's one of the things that Michael complains about a lot in our private conversations. What's this I complain a lot about? Yeah, you know. Wade, <laughs> I guess that's one thing, Wade, who, uh, to, to get Michael to say something. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, so I know, I know we've already kind of gotten into the phonology, but I think uh, it, it would actually be more useful. Can we first do a, like a really quick typological overview? Uh, sure. Um, how about you take that away then? Oh, me? I was gonna, I was gonna volunteer Michael since he wrote up like all the notes for this. Okay, well, Mike, Mike, you can go ahead and, and do it if you want. Sure. Well, um, the overview, I just kind of tried to touch on basically some main points that I was gleaning from the uh, website when I was going through. Um, we already mentioned the background, what it was for, what its purpose is, um, 
mentioned that it used, you know, the orthography, how's it written. It's written with a runic script. We already mentioned the Buchstav runes um, created for by DJP. Um, In the website, they use a transliteration where they use the, you know, modern Latin alphabet with uh, only a few extra letters. They have the Ev and Thorn um, for the cons for the mm-hmm. uh, interdental fricatives and th- or L- th- and th- and uh, for way, this is yeah. something I, I, I if I have to say something negative here this is something I really object to I think that for if you're going to do a romanized version of your language there should be an ASCII version of the name of your language for use in URLs. You can't mm. just type that, and you can't go to Frathwiki and type in Chagatiago uh, with a th in place of the thorn and get to what you want. It's mm. yeah. I that's, think that that's a good point. I mean, it's it's fine to use thorn in your orthography, but you might want to have multiple versions. I've all I've one mm-hmm. always thought about having it, whether it, I it, should have multiple versions of of. Uh, uh, romanizations that have odd characters. Yeah, well, just I at usually, least for the name of the language. Yeah. yeah. What I usually do, um, I know in, uh, I think I've heard in Arabic when they're texting or when they type sometimes for some of the letters that aren't, you know, in the Latin alphabet, they'll use like a number for that looks similar to it. Like the Ein, but they might use a three or for, um, I think another one for the, the TH, they might use like a, like a number eight. So maybe if there was some way, you know, some convention for typing, um, you know, that didn't require those special um, characters, it might be a little easier to type in and find. Yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully we'll all be, we'll all have super Unicode keyboards in the future, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, we, we can hope. Yeah. With the, with the uh, non-Latin top-level domains, we might need them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so there's the Ev and the Thorn for consonants, and then as far as vowels go, there's uh, there are two additional characters that are used for diphthongs. There's for two of the four diphthong or two of the five diphthongs. There's uh, the ash right, is the for the at i and i uh, yeah yeah yeah. And then the symbol for er I think is for what they use for oi. Yeah, yeah. It's basically the ligatures of those yeah uh, i and oi, which throws me for a loop because this language actually has the the a sound. But it's represented with just a plain A. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing that uh, kind of um, threw me a little bit on that, um, just to before you say that, is that um, there are five diphthongs, but only two of the five are written with special ligatures. So it's uh, and it's actually yeah, there's I then ow, but then oa and oe, but only two of the five are written with special ligatures. So it's because it's the only ones we have in the romanization. But, um, you know, an unfortunate thing about those two ligatures in particular is that italicized ash looks mm-hmm. like identical to idealized, italicized OE ligature, mm-hmm. um, which is unfortunate because you can't tell the difference between the two of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can see the difference in, in this one, but yeah, I can see it. Yeah, that's, I, I can see um, point. Italicized? And uh, he use it. Um, you you mentioned here that in the romanization he uses apostrophe to disambiguate some cases where there's collisions, um, which uh, to me that that's a legitimate use of an apostrophe. But uh, uh, 
you would hope to be able to make a, a romanization that wouldn't wouldn't have any uh cases where two letters together could be mistaken for a digraph, but mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Yeah. Um and then in addition to those four extra letters, the vowels can have a macron or macron over them to show that they are different. Yeah, they're long. For four of the five, they're geminate versions, um, and then or long versions, yeah, yeah, long um, versions. But then for the a, for a, it's not just a geminate a; it's actually ah. So. Yeah, that's um, that's Wait, one thing. You mean it, it is long though? Yes, it's long, it's, but it's, it's not long. long. It, yeah, but it changes the it changes the vowel quality. That happens. That happens. Yeah, that yeah. happens, but. Yeah, I was just saying uh, that they weren't all. Well, it wasn't just short, long, like short. Yeah, it's is, important. I, hmm. I think it's important to note that it changes vowel quality. It's not that mm-hmm. big a deal. It's it's still a true length distinction, I would say. Yeah, I was just that. saying that I was trying to avoid saying just the long version of the short ones because it's not just a length change. There's also a qualitative change in uh-huh. in one gotcha. of the in one of those sounds. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. 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 Um. Now. Moving beyond the uh, orthography, we have, as we said before, the phonology is very, very Germanic looking. Uh, you can see uh, there is uh, an, um, there's a few things that are less sort of Germanic looking. Like there's no schwa mm-hmm. in Kangathiagen. That was, uh, th- that, by the way, that's my favorite part of the entire grammar. You should go take a look at it, uh, those listening. Go go find the uh, little entry on schwa there. Uh, <laughs> it reminds me of. Uh, it actually reminds me of. This is this is true. There's a you teach yourself. Uh, I think it was teach yourself Tongan, um, an older version from like the 50s. And the first thing you know, you open it up. Lesson one reads. You know, uh, there is no gender distinction between masculine and feminine. Though if you had to. <laughs> You know, you could say basically the equivalent of male chicken and female chicken. It's like, yes, this is what you know about this language. Thank yeah, you. it's it's one of those things where uh, he's he clearly just added a a short note just just for somebody, some English speaker who's not really savvy and just happens upon this page and, and it says, oh, there's no schwa. Oh yeah, or or for people that pronounce the language Hanga Thiagan. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and, yes, I'm 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 putting like a syllabic in because I just can't I can't concentrate on keeping that O in there. Hanga Thiagon. Hanga Thiagon. Hanga Thiagon. Gon. 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 Yeah. No. <laughs> pronounce it like, you know. Hanga Thiagon. No, come on, man. Dude, pronounce it like it's an apple you really want to bite into. Dude, okay, never mind. (laughs) It's not that important. Uh, Not to you, evidently. So, um, I really do my best to pronounce his name correctly, especially when on the air. This would be the... I think that's probably my eighth time. So yeah, let me do real quick, typological overview, language is VSO, agglutinating, primarily head initial. Now yes. you may continue. 
There we go. <laughs> There's the typological overview that we... Well, I didn't know if you were trying to go through what we already covered, if you were jumping to morphology, or if you were going to still touch out just going down the list. Just that. That was yeah, all. Yeah, that's... So... Uh, talking more about that. Uh, so let's get into some more meaty bits. Let's go jump down into um, these... What you put your points of interest that you listed down here. So, um, what do we have? Well, so, that was just, um, the first part of the notes I tried to put in, you know, basically the con the same order as the contents they had, but, uh, some things didn't seem to really be cohesive with those titles that the questions that I had. So I just put them in uh, miscellaneous comments, questions, and points of interest. So one of them was with the numbers. Um, you know, there are, the cardinal numbers are formed with a set of roots, and there are mm-hmm. distinctive non-derived roots for yeah. looks like one through twelve, and then there's a hundred and a one hundred and forty-four, which is a gross. Um, and then you know ten ten thousand, and then uh, looks like ten million. No, I'm sorry, a hundred million. Um, wait, so wait a minute. Yes. It's base twelve up to one forty-four. Right? Well, no, actually, because it, for the number thirteen. It's ten three. It's not twelve one. Oh, okay. So it's so that's it's why like it's like Indo-European languages in that it has the wacky uh, roots up to twelve, but it's still base ten. I'm wondering if that's like the term dozen because we don't use we don't say like you know two dozen three. Yeah, well, we have we have the term dozen. We also have gross, which is uh, one hundred forty four. So that may be what he's um, going after. But then for the for the number um, twenty four no twenty for twenty four it's just two twelves but for twenty three it breaks down to two times ten plus three I think hmm. yeah so I'm wondering if the, if in multiple in for multiples do they use ten if it's not a multiple of twelve and they just use the most the closest one um, that didn't seem too clear so I put that as one of my points of interest questions. Yeah, that would be uh, something that uh, we could ask him if he were on because. It- doesn't seem to explain that clearly. It just gives a gives us examples. So it's now good, maybe you can use good both. Stuff. I like this, but or maybe. Hmm? <laughs> oh, you like us uh, blindly stumbling through the grammar? No, well, no, no, no. I, I I like the I like numbers when they're done like this. Oh, when they're crazy wacky. I like I like this too. I mean, I like I have a thing about. Um, numeral systems in general, but, uh, you know, there's, I, I can appreciate the, uh, wacky co- complicated ones and the simpler ones too. So, I, yeah, I like the number systems. I've heard about different, uh, areas where they count, you know, if it's base 10, you can count your fingers, but if it's base eight, for example, some places count the space between the fingers when they're counting on their hands and some don't count the thumbs or some, you know, there yeah. are lots of different ways you can, I've heard of, I've heard of, um, people, Counting each joint of their fingers yep. as a base twelve. Yeah, that's a that. weird one. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that's uh, uh, an interesting little tidbit. One that um, I, I um, let's see. We have um, one that I point brought out, and sorry, I'm going to jump to the end of the notes where I added this, and then we can jump back. But um, 
He uses proximate and obviate pronouns, and he has a little explanation in his grammar. It says, the third person proximate pronoun, ye, normally refers to the most discourse prominent third person referent, which in most circumstances is the most recently stated subject, when it is necessary to refer to a different entity from the one to which ye would be most would most obviously refer the third person obviate pronoun is used. Uh, oh, the first person obviate, third person obviate pronoun de is used. When de is used as a subject, the verb is marked for third person, the same as for ye. So basically, the reason I read that out is I think um, that that when you're using something like proximate obviate, um, specifically, it's a very good thing to have an explanation like this up because, um, it's, there's a little bit of pragmatics you have to think about when you're doing, um, proximate obviate and it may vary a little bit from language to language. He has, um, a gloss here, which we'll be linking to the grammar so you can, uh, under pronouns, it has this explanation and a gloss under it to, uh, to show how it's used. It's a little, um, complicated, but, um, well, I can, I can read out basically the smooth English is the man married the woman and she kissed him. And the, what the, what he did is because the man is mentioned as a subject right at the beginning, uh, him takes the op, it looks like him is taking the pro proximate and she is as the obvious yeah, pronoun. Yeah. In the first clause, the man is the subject, so that is what the you would most likely refer to. Yeah, in the, so... In the second clause, yeah. It comes out as you being squishing de ye. But anyway, um, and that de ye is um, obvious and then proximate. So, that's one... Uh, little tidbit that I wanted to point out. And, and basically, there's a lot of places where I think some conlangers will just put a label of, on something and not explain what it does. And I, it's good to see when people do actually, uh, do that. So, but, um, so Mike, you mm -hmm. also noted negation is just an affix. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just that was interesting that they, there was just a negative. Uh, yeah, you know, just that's a negative not an unusual sense. thing. This not unusual. I just like it like, when I like um, negative forms of verbs yeah. rather than just um, rather than modals. I didn't want to say a negative morpheme because we know morphemes are you know the road to to the bad place is paved in morphemes. Apparently, it's not a morpheme. It's just an affix. But actually, yeah. all of the all of the suffixes are called the same thing. They yes, this yeah, is one of the things. Segunaka or something like that. Segun Segunaka, and it means followers. No, under no. Segun actually, you know, like in Segir. How many how many conlangers make up um, grammatical terms in their conlangs? Oh, I've never done a, that. A, a whole lot after there was a post on the conlang list about five years ago saying, you know. I don't think a conling is real until it has, you know, words in its own language to describe its Metabolism. grammar. And then suddenly a whole bunch of conlangs had terms for grammar stuff. 
that's just how it goes. I mean, it's not that hard to coin them, uh, depending on how far you want to get into. Are you going mm-hmm. to actually develop out what the traditional grammar for this language is, or are you just going to use modern terms? And- well, that's that's partly, and that's partly what Pete did here is why. You know, it's not a direct coding of either English or general linguistic uh, terminology. It's uh, language-specific. Um, that's one of the things I think is neat. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, uh, most, of the, most of the morphological um, uh, affixes in here are suffixes. I think there are only four prefixes. Is that right? Um, I don't know. I, can't, I don't see any prefixes here. So One... Two, three. No, it's only three. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, that's an interesting thing. What other terms does he have then? So, um, well, that would, that would get us into a tangent. We have, we have stuff down. Um, now this is an interesting thing. Yes, no questions are, um, he has an, an interrogative mood that forms yes, no questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, where um, where are you looking? Syntax? Oh yeah, probably questions, commands, conditionals, and counterfactuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's take an actual look at that. So polar question is formed by simply putting the verb in the interrogative mood. Um, moods are under verbs, I think. Yeah, verbs are what? Uh, 1.7 is mood. Nello da hidauric. So dao or dao is the uh, interrogative for polar question. Um, oh, okay, Dao, but, uh, okay, and that's, that's, uh, that's a sub- suffix, so, um, mm-hmm. interesting, um, and, so, wait a second, um, where did you get these words, okay, yes is, uh, loe and loe, loe and, uh, no is sheshe. But, and it also says negative questions are answered with wenu or nip. I don't understand that. But Well, I thought it was interesting because, um, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you're okay. saying, you know, is he not, if you say, you know, is he not here? If you say yes, does that mean yes, he's not here or, you know, yes, he is? Oh, okay. So he has one of these four form systems. Yeah. Yes. It, it's it's like, um, well, actually, French only has three, right? Um, uh-huh. We see and non. But uh, yeah. uh, Japanese actually has like uh, another one, which is um, uh, if you say mu, I guess it means like your question is stupid. Ask a different one. Mu, really? Yeah. I've, my, what I've heard is that hi and ye are um, marked say that you're agreeing with the speaker, not that you're answering the uh, agree or disagree with the speaker, which yeah. makes it makes it different when when you're answering. Negative questions. Um, well, mu is for when somebody asks you a question like, you know, uh, do you do you still beat your wife, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so it's like ask again. <laughs> it's Check. like um what? <laughs> yeah, I linked where it was. Um, makes no sense. Um, yeah. So, uh, um, so if you say is the man worthy, yes is loe and no is sheshe. But if you say uh, is not the man worthy. If you said wenu, that means the man, yes, you're right, he is not worthy. Or nip means, uh, on the contrary, yes, he is worthy. Yeah, so basically they have different, um, they, they have the, there's different, uh, words for, um, 
affirmative negative answers when yeah. you are answering a ne- negative question. Two, and this puts this disambiguates you know the problem that English has when mm-hmm. answering a negative question. Yeah. Um, which I'm not always in favor of conlang things that fix problems with with English, but it's a pretty cool thing just on its yeah. own. So I don't think that's necessarily the reason you did it. Um, I thought it was interesting. That's yeah. why I put it in my hmm. Mm, um, and so this is weird. Let's, yes. Let's um go back to the questions. I want to read what the actual uh bit is. Where did you have WH word questions? Um, it's mentioned right underneath of the uh, polar questions on the questions, commands, conditionals, oh, and kind of okay. factors. Any noun may be made into a WH word by adding uh, by the modsegunak dao. Yeah, dao. Uh, which modsegunak is a suffix. So I think so, yes. Uh, he has an... The, the first example is uh, nello... Dahi Worthy be third person man what? Which man is worthy? Okay, so Dao just makes anything into a question word. That's an interesting I don't know how common that would be. That's that's an interesting thing to do. Well like like in Chinese I think they say like Shema like Shema Yuan for which language or Shema Dongxi what thing. Yeah, but Shema the... itself is still mm-hmm. a uh yeah, it's still, it's still an interactive pronoun. So that's why I was saying if you just want to say what, like, what is this? Um, I don't know if Tao by itself would serve that same purpose like Shenma does in Chinese. I don't, You'd probably I, use what thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that would have to be it. You'd have to use whatever the word well, bound thing morpheme. is because it's bound. It's yeah. it's a suffix. It's not a free morpheme. Yeah. We keep using the word morpheme. Yeah, I don't David know why. <laughs> okay. I I just don't see why it's necessary. It's not. <laughs> it's just a word. Just a tool. Uh, why? Well, oh, this is weird. Go uh, just to go down really quick to uh, conditionals and counterfactuals. Uh huh. If two conditionally marked clauses occur together without an intervening conjunction, the sentence expresses a counterfactual. Um, but what I'm interested in is there are uh, two successive usages of these short. Ah, or abel. Where is this? Oh, yeah, yagaz. Yeah, yeah that's, is that supposed to be just... Um, it might be a t- yagaz, is that a oh. typo, or is that an alternate way of writing the long version? Or It would mean that you'd have a short vowel contrasting with a long vowel contrasting with two consecutive short vowels. Um, and I uh, presumably you could also have then a long vowel followed by a short vowel a short vowel followed by a long vowel, and a long vowel followed by a long vowel. That'd be kind of uh, that'd be tough sledding, I think. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. We'll let him answer this. There might be some well, like one um, might be assimilated into other two. The thing, yeah, there might be assimilation in the gloss here. That ah and the age are two different things. They are well, so uh, there may be something, some, some way of resolving that, either blending them both into a long ah, uh, or maybe inserting a glottal stop or something. But uh, yeah. there's nothing in this grammar that tells us that. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was interested in, um, 
one thing I'm uh, interested in just above that, it just says that uh, the imperative can be used in any person, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that strikes me as um, something that's slightly unnatural. I think most languages, there's an imperative that's, Either if if there's person marking at all, the imperative is explicitly um, second person. No, uh, I think I think a Hungarian can do it. Oh, can it? Yeah, there are a number of languages where you it can would, do that. Yeah, it's yeah, the I, equivalent of um, something like you know, if you use it with first person, it'd be like you know, let's go or let me think. I mean, it's like okay, so it, like, it could know, it could it could turn into like a cohortative or something. Like Chinese has baf, you could use it for like a like a suggestion, I think. Or like if you're saying, you know, like what she about, like okay, like yeah, you know, it's not mm-hmm. an imperative, but it has you know some ideas like that. But mm-hmm. okay, yeah. uh, so I, I guess you a, can... so. Yeah, it is a possibility. I'll, I'll just say that there might be a shade, or, or like if you were to really examine it explicitly using fancy linguistic terminology, they might call the second person imperatives something different from what they call the first and third person imperatives. Yeah, that's that that would make sense too. It just depends on uh uh how you analyze it, I guess. But, yeah, who's uh, holding the scalpel. <laughs> so yeah, okay. I, I it's not that strange. It just strikes me as something that might be less common or something, but I don't have any information about that, so I'm not going to say definitively one way or another since David has a quick counterexample. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what do we have? Can we can we talk about my thing yet? Uh, sure. What do you have? Okay, so uh, one of the more interesting things that I saw is, uh, you know, it's it's very common to have uh, dependents agree with, uh, you know, their what's what's the word I'm looking for? What, what's the word for? No, not an ant, not an antecedent. It's like a dependent ahead. Is that what I want? Yeah, dependents. Uh, Thank you. That's yeah. the word I want. Yeah. Okay. Very common to have dependents agree with their heads um, in languages that have agreement. Um, however, what's unusual and what happens in Hanthiagon is the adjectives, I'm sorry, adverbs are treated as dependents of the verb, and so they agree with the verb. So whereas you have an adjective and noun, and then, you know, if there's agreement, usually the adjective will take on, say, number and case or uh, uh, gender, if, if a language huh. has it. In Hagathiagon, the adverb takes on all of the inflectional segunakur uh, of, the, of the verb, hmm. which is... Uh, something I haven't seen. There is probably somebody else that has done it on the conlang list, but it just doesn't pop immediately to mind, as this is something that Hanga uh, Diagon does. Now, one of the possibilities, if you do this, and this is just a question, this is an open question that I think only Pete can answer, is if you are completely duplicating the inflectional morphology on a verb and putting it on an adverb, you could if it's understood by context, potentially drop the verb. Oh, yeah, that would be... As in, like, a do-so thing? Yeah, like so it'd be like... Swiftly. Yeah, in fact, let me pull up um, the example that he has here. Well, but instead of using do-so or some other proverb, you could just completely drop the verb. Yeah, was, yeah. Was, so, like, here we, here we go. Um, the, so we have uh, the, the birds were flying swiftly. 
uh, what you want to listen for here is the sequence Ihangar, or no, Ihangar, excuse me. So, Kirihangar, Risuwanihangar, Zerishar. All right, so that's the uh, Zerishar, that's uh, the birds. And then Hirihangar, that's um, we're flying. And then Risuwanihangar, that's swiftly. But mm-hmm. if you knew that you're talking about ver, uh, birds, and you know what else are birds going to be doing, uh, you could potentially just drop the word for fly and just say something like um, Risuwanihangar, Zerishar, and get the meaning the birds are flying swiftly or, or we're yeah. flying swiftly. I, don't, I would guess that, that would be pretty uh, interesting. It, 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 that um that would be an interesting thing to do again we don't know if uh this is possible it's not in his grammar that right. to do this but that would be an interesting thing to do if you did have these weird um uh uh okay. adverb agreement things yeah because that could even if you extrapolated historically lead to development of stative verbs from adverbs Hmm. Oh, oh my, that would be weird. And uh, yeah, but there would be. The, but you know what? They would. It, it would. They would be almost kind of like these uh, stative active verbs. Because, <laughs> yeah, get, it would be right. like. Um, it, they it are would be the uh, the the you are fasting, not fasting as in not eating, but fasting as in being fast. Yeah, like you are quickly eating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You are slowing. Oh, that is really, really neat. Right. <laughs> that would be that would be cool if um if he uh got that uh that kind of thing. But uh that's a that's an interesting sort of bit. So now um looking at that same page on uh down a little bit under conjunctions. Sure. Yeah. It has conjunctions and uh hangathiagon have a very strong tendency to be pound dramatic. Now I don't know. How, is that something common in uh, Natlangs, or maybe it's something being a wizard language? They like having um, palindromes. It is common, but I don't think he is. Ex- oh, I'm sorry. No, he meant he meant literally palindromes. No, that's completely well, bizarre. No, shosh. The, yeah. It's not yeah. actually you know, but mm. sound wise, yeah. No, then, yeah, um, you're, you're right. No, those are palindromes. Now that's that's just that's completely made yeah, up. Yeah, I'm looking at um, the paired construction. Conjunctions and they have palindromes. I mean, there too. maybe Gog, maybe if this were one of those languages that were written, um, oh, I'm probably going to mangle the pronunciation, but I think it's like Bustrophedon, where it goes left to right, then right to left. Yeah, Bustrophedon. Bustrophedon. Yeah. Um, maybe that would make sense because if they're connecting, then no matter which way they go, they would serve that connection. Um, Wait, it's Bustrophedon. Uh, or or Bustrophedon. Yeah, it's it's pronounced a particular way in Greek, but then we're English speakers, so. I've always said Boostrophedron because I only ever saw it in writing. So. It says uh, Boostrophedon <laughs> or Boostrophedon, uh, says the Wikipedia. Okay, fine. Well, anyway, it's anyway, pronounced it's referent, like... George. Referent. <laughs> Whatever. Don't, don't anyway. say that. Don't, don't say referent aloud in your linguistics classes. My goodness. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but at any rate, so yeah, that was, um, I wasn't sure about that palindrome, that tendency towards palindrome, palindromicity. It, it sounds a little bit to me like, um, like Klingon's, uh, backwards conjunctions. Yeah. Where, that's, what that's, that, what's that? Where it's oh, like the word for, for the word for, but is the opposite is backwards of the word for and. Yeah. 
like actually orthog- orthographically. Yeah, orthographically and, and phonetically. Yeah, he he just reversed them because hmm. <laughs> he I, was being yeah, lazy. You know, I uh, I can uh, I I actually buy that uh, buy this in in Hengatiago and a lot more than the Klingon because this is a magical language. You can do a lot of things. Klingon is presumably supposed to be a naturalistic language for a fictional race of people. I don't buy that. Yeah. Um. You could you could get away with things just saying um well I don't know it's wizard speak so but uh, Harry Potter stuff <laughs> but um or this being like the original language of the world it may be like the gods just decided that it should be this way and it doesn't matter if it's weird but um I don't know what is uh, oh here's a question on um I'm looking at the syntactic uh, the syntactical miscellany, uh, bottom of the page, it says nouns is first and second person subjects. If the subject of a first or, pers- first or second person verb is a noun, then that noun is identified with the speaker or hearer. So um, does that... And the example he gives is type, uh, well, koi, shro, thrust, anil. No, kai, thrust. Yeah, I, I did ah instead of ah, but uh, at any rate, it's down the bottom there, and he says I... Castro thrust command this, but um, I don't know how that noun. I don't know how that exemplifies what he's explaining there, really. Um, oh, um. Well, it's uh, well, the the Castro. I'm sorry, um, Castro thrust yeah. is in subject position, so you know it has to be subject. Um, and then it's first person um, verbal morphology on the verb, and so then the idea is that um, you understand that the person who's saying this is named uh, Kaisro Thrast. Yeah, it's like evocative almost. Uh, I, well, no, no, I guess not evocative. No, it's not. It's like Evoc- an it's- identifying thing. Okay, so and uh, that's why he, um, his smooth translation is I. Uh, because that's the way English would resolve it is right. uh, using a positive, but he doesn't. Right. You don't have to do that. You just don't have a uh, pronoun. You just put the name, your yeah. own name. Yeah, and this one I like better, or I think this works best with this type of language specifically because it's VSO. Mm-hmm. Um, if it were, if the subject preceded the verb, um, I don't think it would work so much. Because yeah. then it would be like, you know, why does the verb not agree with the noun? Or, like, what's this bizarre noun doing here? Maybe it plays some other role. Whereas like here, you know, you start out knowing what the subject is, whether it's first, second, or, or third person. And then when you get something other than a pronoun or a gap in the canonical subject spot, it's kind of like it cues you in to think, like, oh, these two things are yes. the same. Uh, yeah. Especially since um, he mentions somewhere before that Hengis uh, Yagon is not uh, pro-drop. So mm-hmm. the yeah. fact that there's no pronoun there obviously is going to make you want to parse things so that something is first person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Gricean. I like it. Gricean? <laughs> Gricean. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. I wanted to look something up really quick because now I'm uh, confused by it. Um, where is it? Here we go. I guess I, I did not look at this page. Oh wait, yes I did. Hold on. I sh- I, I want to be sure I'm uh, do this stress here. Placement stress. Uh, primary stress occurs in the first syllable. Uh, secondary. Uh, okay. Okay. That's that's what I wanted to know. So it's 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 
it's word initial stress basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. First syllable, the primary root. Yeah. Yeah. So the only the only time it wouldn't be first is uh, in the case of those three prefixes in the language. Mm-hmm. Or if there's um, a compound word that looks like like gemstone. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Well, well, ooh, that's interesting. Gemstone versus that treasure. They're uh, just uh, differentiated by stress. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes. Zaldapan, or well, Zaldapan, or Zaldapan. Oh, that's interesting. Well, the um, that compound is uh, head final as opposed to head initial. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, is that? It's oh, it's middle. Yeah, it's head yeah. final compounds. But head initial syntax? Yeah, because ban can mean stone or that as a suffix. Yeah, it's uh, so, um, and actually, um, if, uh, if you, if you, uh, if you lend credence to the DP hypothesis, then actually that would also be head final as well. Uh, the combination of the demonstrative and the noun. Uh, but usually those, pl- those placements are a little freer. Um, but yeah, everywhere else it's head initial. Um, Including um, adjective noun combinations. Mm-hmm. When did I get this? Okay. So be it. Okay, I see. Um, any other quick things? We've talked a whole lot about various different uh, little bits and pieces of this language. Um, uh, oh. Any sort of final things or anything? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to mention, uh, of course. Uh, uh, Pete Blakely has been Pete Blakely has been around for quite a while in the conlanging community. Kanga uh, Thiagoan has been around for a while. He's used it in at least eight relays. We've, we've stopped keeping track of the relays, and by we, I mean me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about the recent relays. I think he participated in both, but I'm not sure if he used Kanga uh, Thiagoan. Um, so he's been, you know, a long time conlanger, long time relayer, and he also participated in the um, inverse relay. Um, and he used uh, Lila Sadkin's Tenata. I am not sure off the top of my head uh, who who used uh, Kangatiagon, though. Um, you know, who sent him the text in Kangatiagon. Oh, okay. But um, anyway, I, I, I think it would be interesting to get a whole bunch of people that have done inverse relays together and talk to them about that. But anyway. Uh, uh, I'd like to do an inverse relay. I've done one of the... Conlang relays and I want, it's, a little, relay. it's a little it's a little wacky, especially if you're several times down the list and you get something that makes no sense. But I'd like to see what uh, somebody makes of like Iorio and if if they can um, make anything and, and how well they could uh, construct a text. In it's it. a it's a very interesting experience because. Since it's conlangers that are using your materials as opposed to just somebody in general who maybe likes learning languages, um, uh, conlangers are much more inventive than you plan on. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, they, they, they often will, you know, they'll use your rules for the most part, but then if they come up on something, they'll say, well, this language could probably do this. And then you get it's like, what did you do? <laughs> yeah, I need a lot more words, though, before I could do something like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, often, um, you know, it's kind of uh, agreed upon that, you know, this is, it's much, it's much more, there's, there's much more work that goes into an inverse relay. So often what would happen is well, well, well before any of this, they would say, okay, the text in this relay is going to be uh, like in this theme and in this setting. So then you can actually go beforehand and create what vocabulary you think might be needed. Um, you know, so, um, 
it's, it's it's not as tough. You'll have some, you'd have some time. So yeah, it would be cool to do one of those again. Uh, I don't know if I would if I if I'd have it to to participate again, but I bet that there would be a, a lot of people who saw them the first couple of times around, and maybe their language wasn't ready at that time, and would now be ready. It'd be cool. Mm, yeah. Are those well, just on the um the email on the listserv? Uh, yeah, the the relay list serve. But at present, though, they're getting prepared for the twentieth Conlane relay, so that's yeah. probably going to take up most of the time, uh, or most people's attention for the time being. Yeah. Um, so, if nobody has any objection, objections, I'm going to go ahead and move on to the feedback feedback for today. Uh, excellent. Can we call it the feed bag? No feedback. Like a horse's feed bag. Yeah. Yeah. I just no. thought. Of- yeah, look, 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 I'm just trying to mix things up, all right? No, no. I, I'm trying to help you out as best I can, uh, bring oh, no. in some new ideas, but, you know. You know, if if people um uh have a different ideas for naming the feedback segment that uh, that could be, like, conlangy names for it or anything, <laughs> Mike, no. Okay. <laughs> then uh, then uh, feel free to email conlanger gmail.com or uh, email, do any email um, conlanger gmail.com with anything you want to talk to us, tell us about. Um, uh, just like JS Bangs did, he says, Conlangerous. A while ago, I finished my trawl through the Conlangery backlog. Uh, he emailed us before saying he started. And I'm quite happy to say that I've now listened to all of the Conlangery. Ooh. <laughs> I'm sorry to see Bianca and William go, even temporarily, but they'll be back. <laughs> and though I do, I do like me some morphemes. I actually really appreciated what, uh, David had to say on the most recent episode. This is, this is, this came in just after episode 70 dropped. So, um, dropped. Yes. That's, that's what you say. Okay. Okay. All anyway, right. back to, back when you read my last feedback, you said you were open to having me on as a guest since you had mentioned some things I wrote in the past. I'm just letting you know that I'm free if you ever find yourselves short a host for a week. Let me know if you ever want to have me on. Um, hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll see about that. I, I, I don't, um, we we do a lot less of grabbing just random people for hosts um recently as more people I've handpicked i'm going to have to refer back to whatever episode it was that we read the previous feedback and uh see what what i was why i was saying that back then but you know it's possible <laughs> you, you entertain me to no end i know <laughs> uh, it's <Yes>. just <laughs> Why'd you? Okay, but listen. First of all, do you know who Jesse Bangs is? Who is it? Do you really not know who Jesse Bangs is? No, I don't oh, know God. people. Honestly, I, I I can't stress this enough. Uh, you you young kids out there, my goodness, read your Conlang history books. I mean, we we keep okay, putting out. Okay, just tell ed- me who he is. I mean, I'm we keep sorry. putting out new editions every year. I don't understand why people aren't reading them. No, no, no. Okay, these but- history books. I don't even know where they are. Ah, just go to your local library. Okay, it's that's in enough. the Conlang history section. No, okay. Well, what's the decimal number? If it's a notable person, then sure, we'll invite him to to be on for a week. Okay. No, Jesse Jesse Bangs has been around uh, at least as long as I've been around. 
Uh, I can't remember when his first message to the Conlang list was, or actually it may have even preceded me. He either got started in 99, 2000, or 2001, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, his, of course, his, his main Conlang is Yibrian. And um, he. Oh, also, I think we featured that actually. You did, mm. and um, and but probably even beyond that, I think. Yeah, did he also? Yeah, yeah. Beyond this, he is probably most well known for his uh, Art Langer's rant. Ah, um, uh, yes, we read that too. I I just uh, it was a different. Forgot time. the name. I forgot connecting the name to the thing. So I apologize for uh, not realizing. Uh, the, uh, who, uh, who you were, J.S. Bangs. Uh, oh gosh. Yeah, we'll, George, we all like you, George. We like yes, you a whole lot. I say weird <laughs> things sometimes. That's all. Um, I'll get in touch with this guy. <laughs> well, he, and he's in America too. So yeah, we could, you know. we could, we could have him on. Um, well, I'll get in touch with you so that, uh, we can, uh, I may have already gotten in touch with you by the time this episode drops, in fact. So, uh, depend, uh, I, I, uh, I apologize for my earlier comments because that was something I probably shouldn't really say on the show anyway. <laughs> Lappy in the outtakes. <laughs> oh gosh. No, no, you, you are one of the things I honestly, and this is true that I really admire about you, George, is your forthrightness. Uh, you're a kind of above board freshness. Um, you're, you're, you're like a very young Sergeant York. <laughs> okay. You, you've seen Sergeant York. Tell me you've seen this movie. Um, I've heard of it. It's got, um, it's got, what's his face in it? The guy that was in high noon, uh, not Gail Cooper. What's his name? You know, so a wonderful actor, wonderful actor. He was also in the Pride of the Yankees. Anything? No, I don't. I don't recall. Gary right. Cooper, Walter Brennan. Yeah, Gary Cooper. That's it. Gary Cooper. Okay. Yeah, yeah. an actor's uh, name. Sergeant York. Okay. Yeah. Have you have you heard of Sergeant York? The idea of um, Sergeant York. This is a guy that was like he was in the the, the mountains up somewhere in, in World War II in the in the Appalachians. Uh, Tennessee, and and he was basically they were completely cut off from society. Like they didn't have cars and everything, and it looked like you know it was the middle of the eighteen hundreds. But it turns out it's in the middle of World War Two. I mean, and so he just kind of comes down from the mountains because he happens to get a draft notice somehow, and he's like ushered into modern society, and then becomes a, a general, or, or maybe not a general, maybe it's a major, or no, I'm sorry. It's a sergeant. It's on the yeah. name of the movie. Sorry. And, uh, you know, he leads some successful battles. I believe it's based on a true story. I recommend it. I recommend it. Yes, because got, I come it, from a place that doesn't have modern conveniences. Yeah, yeah I think you'll find it very familiar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, anyway, no, it's I, got a lot of Conling material in it. Um, not really. <laughs> but, uh, uh, no. I am uh, a little bit sometimes too straightforward for my own good, but uh, we'll 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 see if the the previous exchange even makes it in the show. But it probably will. No, I hope so. I hope so because it, it helps. It helps to characterize you. You're you're, you're a good guy. You're a good guy. <laughs> okay, thank you, David. Right. Uh, with that, before I do any more damage, I will 
say, uh, David, do you have any final words of wisdom? Uh, actually, I do have something this time, and it's not words of wisdom. It's just a plug. Uh, the Fifth Language Creation Conference is going to happen. It's going to be in Austin, Texas, in uh, May 4th and 5th. Uh, 2013. If you have an idea, yeah, go for it. If you have an idea for a presentation, email it to conference at conlang.org. I have a feeling space is going to be at a premium, but you know, we want to try to get as many people to present as want to. So, yeah, I hope I can get in, uh, get down there, but, uh, we'll, we'll see about that. I I understand Um, it's going to be during a school year and, you know, sometimes that's just what you love, but I, uh, I apologize. It may not work. Um, uh, so Mike, do you have anything? Um, well, I'm going to, I'd say look up that, uh, Conlang history section in your library. I'm sure I know I am, uh, cause you know, geez. Uh, yeah. So look up and uh, know your history. So, uh, you can learn from the old sages and very wise men and, and try to remember the names of people whose conlangs you have featured in the past on your podcast yeah and remember who you talked about <laughs> because apparently i can't oh, anyway man. but um, um, with all that said but i'd say basically what i was just saying basically the sum up was just uh yeah look at what people have done and i'd like to look at the history and learn from things and draw inspiration from everywhere right okay so with all that said i'm gonna say happy conlang thank you for listening to conlangery you can find our archives and show notes at conlangery.com you can send questions comments or topic or featured language suggestions to conlangery at gmail.com to submit a conlang or natlang greeting for the top of the show see our contribute page for details Web space for Conlangery is provided by the Language Creation Society, and our theme music is by Null Device. What, 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 Why would I need to get Instagram? Uh, my phone takes pictures just fine. Who's, who's telling you to get Instagram? Instagram. There, there's some people who like to, you know, take a photo, do the funny editing stuff you can do on Instagram, and then share it immediately. I don't know. I don't take pictures that often anyway, so. I take pictures constantly. Constantly, of everything, anything that I can look at, and even things that I can't look at, especially things that I can't look at, because then I can see them, because you just look at the picture. Is David with us? No. Okay, good to know. <laughs> Have we been making you angry, David? You just seem very angry recently. This is just, um, <laughs> this is one of those, this is one of those days. So I, I assume you've heard that that's stupid. Like, I don't even know if it's if it's a riddle because it's so stupid about the albatross and the guys on the island. But you know, it's a, it's about these three guys that go to an island and they're stuck there and they think they're going to be stuck there forever. And then one day, one of them dies, and then the other one, uh, let's call him George, uh, says to Michael, um, "Oh, he just swam out in the ocean." 
but here I've got some albatross. Let's eat that. And so then they start eating this albatross so they survive. And then they're rescued. And then it's like, I don't know, they meet up like 10, 10 years later or something. And for some reason, they go to a stupid restaurant, uh, like at the end of a pier. I mean, you just, just imagine how stupid this is getting. And they look at the menu, and sure enough, albatross is on the menu. It's like, what on earth type of a restaurant serves albatross? You know what I what I don't like, and this is maybe it, because um, <clears throat> there, there are these lateral puzzles, and they're, they say like one sentence or describe a scene, and then they say, usually you state the story, then have others ask 20 yes or no questions, and it says these stories can be explained with a, no, with a non-obvious reason. So, for example, one of them says, a man walks into a restaurant, orders albatross, eats one bite, then kills himself. Or yeah, explain okay. why. Or like, okay. there's right. a, a hunter game... A hunter aimed his gun carefully and fired. Seconds later, he realized his mistake. Minutes later, he was dead. Like, it's like, okay, think of something totally crazy, and only one of the crazy things that it could possibly be is correct. Yeah, yeah. The solution to the albatross one, which I'm going to cheat and look at, uh, if it'll pop up and tell me. Well, yeah, I, I didn't even finish. So they both order the albatross, then they both eat it, and then the one, this is the, sto- the one I heard, the one kills the other. And then runs off the end of the pier like that's actually going to kill him. It's not. He's just going to jump in the water and get wet. But the idea is that, yes, he's supposed to have killed himself after, after taking one bite of the albatross. Yeah, well, here's the solution to this. Okay. Um, this, this is the one that it says that I found. It says, a deadly dish. It says, two men went to a restaurant. They both ordered the same dish from the menu. After they tasted it, one of the men went outside the restaurant and saw himself. Why? And the solution is... The dish that the two men ordered was albatross. They had been stranded for many years earlier on a desert island. When the man tasted albatross, he realized that he had never tasted it before. It before this, yeah. meant, this meant that the meat that he had been, on, been given on the island was not albatross as he had been, he had been told. He had correctly, he'd correctly deduced that he had eaten the flesh of his own son, who had died when they first reached the island. Okay, well, uh, how the, there's nowhere nowhere near <laughs> no. enough uh, information in what you gave initially. No, David. No, David. We haven't even started podcasts yet. Oh wow! I mean, it's a, with the tabletop uh, episodes, I like it. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's fun. No, but, it, uh, it's stupid because I'm not doing it. That's the key fact here, David. I think I think you should be a guest on Tabletop. I think so too. I, I, I'm sure they they uh, they film somewhere nearby. Probably. I, I don't know. You'd have to you'd have to somehow uh, get in touch with Will Wheaton. So, yeah, and I think that he doesn't like me. Will Wheaton, I think, is the correct pronunciation. Will Will Wheaton? <laughs> no, no, no. Because only one W H. It's Will Wheaton. <laughs> sounds like. Uh... This sounds like a Family Guy commercial. I like it <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's good. Uh, Why? Well, I, I have to ask this. I'm sure. I have to ask this. Why would you think that he doesn't like you? <laughs> I. Uh, it's. I, I. There were a couple of missteps. Uh, mistakes were made, and I, I. I just happen to think that while he may not know exactly who I am, he knows. I exist and doesn't uh-huh. and doesn't like me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But uh, you know, I, I enjoyed him being on Star Trek. It was like, you know, 
that was that was who I was supposed to identify with. 